tastemakers, not your typical run-of-the-mill stories. We're putting a spotlight on movers and shakers from everyday heroes, social stars to A-list celebs, and what's going down on campus. I love an everyday hero. That's what I call my my Monday guests. I call them everyday heroes because it's usually a guest that does something that absolutely inspires me. And tonight's guest is exactly that. She's an author. She's a filmmaker. She makes television. She absolutely loves to storytell and uses film and literature to do exactly that. So much to her. I'll tell you that much. But that is why she's hanging out with us for the full hour so we can get to know her. Please put your hands together for... Si, 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 po, non chokweni. I get a whole clap. You get a whole clap, honey. Call applause. Yes. I am so excited to have you on the show. You are a force. Mainland Guardian, top 200 young South Africans in 2022. Okay, you've got two master's degrees. You wrote the children's book, uh, Wanda. Okay, and then... Oh, then yesterday was a big day as well. It was a big day. You launched a documentary yesterday. We did. We launched a documentary for my mother, actually. I mean. I mean, on Mother's Day, which is just quite incredible, honestly. So, I, I mean, we're, gonna, we're going to chat about your docu yeah. in just a moment. But I, I think we need to open with this because it's just it just gives me goosebumps Aww. when I think about it. <laughs> uh, your, your mom was a writer when she was young. She was. And she, she wrote a man- manuscript that she's had for 40 years. She has. And you made the book happen. You got it published. Aww. We did. We published it under Wonderworld. Honestly. (laughs) I get another round of applause. (laughs) So you essentially said, Mom, I'm going to make your dream come true of becoming a published Mm, author. I did. (laughs) And she had this book for like 40 years. She did. She had, I mean, it was kind of like, just like, paper for a long time right like those kind of compiled together for a very long time and what we did initially in 2017 was kind of meet with writers with publishers with um, authors as well to kind of understand like how does it work and I think because when you look into the publishing industry and I think anybody that has a dream of wanting to do it it feels so far it's yes. like how do we get this right yeah. and I think that it's funny because the only way I ended up being able to publish Wanda was really because I was trying to help my mom publish oh wow and then um, you got published and first. then I got published yeah <laughs> She says in the documentary, she's like, hey, we saw hands. It was going up, up, up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is incredible. Uh, I cannot think of a bigger Mother's Day gift uh, a child could give their mom. That's, that's, that's. I mean, I, I, I was playing some clips of, of, of something that I did with my mom for Mother's Day. I took oh, a yeah. go-karting. Uh, I'm out here taking my mom go-karting. <laughs> People are pu- publishing books. <laughs> I need to get serious. <laughs> get it right, get it right, get it right. <laughs> I need to get serious. Uh, see for on the show tonight. It's going to be so much fun. She is just a force and impacting the world so much through storytelling. She does it through film. She does it through literature, through television. Her name is Sitle Sipo Noncho Kwen. She is my tastemaker for tonight. And I am so happy to have you. Yeah. Okay, you and I can finally chat. <laughs> I am so happy to be here. As you can hear already. <laughs> you were saying earlier, you've just got the giggles. I literally, I'm like, actually, I haven't said anything. I've just been like smiling really hard. <laughs> Listen, I think you can totally smile, oh. laugh, and celebrate yourself so much because you've achieved so oh. much. I mentioned earlier on how you've got two master's degrees. You were on the Mail and Guardian uh, top uh, 200 young South Africans. I've always wanted to be on that list. You how deserve do you, to be on that how list. Do you get on that I'll list. nominate you on that list, actually. You, it, I, I actually can't believe you're not on that list. 
I don't know if you're I'm a ta- no, you're a tastemaker. No. Are you kidding me? Okay, 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 okay. Maybe I'm being humble. <laughs> no, but really, how do, how do you get on that list? Uh, so you get a nomination on okay. the list, uh, and then they shortlist you, uh, and then they have a selection process after that. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. But it only makes sense. I, I'm I'm nominating you. Actually, we're gonna do it. <laughs> you're making me blush. <laughs> Hey, then next year I'm also on the list. Yeah, is that? I love that. All right, so you've got some coasters in front of you. Mm. All you need to do is flip a coaster when I tell you to flip oh a coaster. Oh my god, okay. All right. <laughs> flip, flip your first coaster. Oh, oh, oh this is so cute. <laughs> What does it say? It says Wanda. It says Wanda. Now, that is how I came across oh. your work at first, right? You are a children's author. Yes. And that was very impactful. You, the book won awards as well. And yes. I also think it was a book that I wish I'd read when I was younger. But what is starting to happen is there are a lot of more books yeah, that are absolutely. written um, where all girls feel represented. Yeah. For people that didn't read Wanda, tell us about the book, how it came mm-hmm. about and why it was so important for you to write it. Wanda's a story about an eight-year-old girl with big hair. Mm. And every single day when she's running to get to the bus, uh, she gets to the bus, but her mom makes her hair big like a cloud. She says it's beautiful and strong. She gets to the bus and these two boys called Tula and Caesar begin to tease her Mm. because they're already anticipating what their teacher, Mrs. Stone, is going to say. So every single day, Wanda gets to the bathroom of the school and does something called the big switch, which means she turns the hairstyle that her mother makes every morning into something Mrs. Stone will call neat and clean oh. for a lady in green. So she's mm. this child who's in constant angst or a nervous condition because she almost has to conform and meet the requirements of the different places that she goes into. But she's also not confident enough to be able to tell her mother when she gets home. So before she gets to her house, she has to turn her hair again into the cloud her mother made in that morning. So one day, the bus is late and Wanda doesn't have enough time to do the big switch. And you can only imagine the experience of an eight-year-old girl having this absolute like distress in her body, Mm -hmm. unsure about what's going to happen. And she says, I'm sorry, ma'am, I did not have to time to change my hair um you know and but in her mind the words are different she can hear her mother saying you're a queen and this is your crown yeah And that's the story of Wanda. It, I mean, it, it came from a time when I was living in China. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I submitted a picture of myself for an edition. And I had a weave for the picture. Mm-hmm. They called me back. And I just started my dreadlocks. And they, you know, like, dress, 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 it's just like these small little winky stuff. And yes. I, just, I said to a friend of mine, I just don't think they're going to think I'm as beautiful with my natural hair. Right? Like, and he said this thing where he was like, oh, no, well, that would be ridiculous if they didn't. And I think that was the first time where I actually recognized what I'd internalized about hair and identity and beauty. And that kind of became the first pencil of it which is a blog called African Rapunzel mm. Mm. the thing the conflict with hair has just been our story as black girls all our lives absolutely <laughs> duck and lovely covers you're like how do I make it look like that <laughs> yeah you were always yeah. told to you know make your hair neat or your, your mm. hair is only beautiful when it's straight and yeah. it's, it's, it's so crazy that literally becomes internalized and you, you, you grow up with that one does a book that has probably changed so many young girls lives and I'm sure a lot of moms have gone back to you and told you this book changed my child's life what was that book for you what was that book for me oh my god i think a book that has been so fundamental for me that actually connects really well with my mom's work is barbara boswell's book called and i wrote my story anyway Mm. in it she has a compilation of different women's stories who Mm -hmm. are writing literature in a time really where it wasn't 
accessible. The conditions went right for them to be able to do that work. And the title and wrote my story anyway comes from a book by Obam Tsunam Yes. And she writes a story, a short story, where this lady who's a, a domestic worker goes every day to a, a whites-only uh, bathroom mm-hmm. and writes stories. And finally the police get her and they close this bathroom so she can't write on the way to work. And she finds a bench and she says, and wrote my story anyway. anyway. Despite the fact oh. that the conditions were closed. And I think that particular book was so impactful because that's what allowed me to be able to see that my mom was part of a generation of other women who had insisted on trying to write their stories anyway. Mm. And and so that book really, I think it just opened my eyes. And for The Ultimate Book Show, really was the book that allowed me to be able to engage with so many other books through that particular lens of being able to understand women's stories, their contributions in literature, where are they writing, where are they not writing, where yeah. are they being removed or edited, yeah. and not being showcased in the fullness of who they are and their strength. I remember when I was young, I was quite a reader, yeah. but there, there came a time when I realized, I'm reading a lot of books, but I actually can't relate to the girls I'm reading about in the books that I'm reading mm. until I picked up a book called Coconut. Oh, oh Coconut! Yeah, picked up Guapano's yeah. book Coconut and that started to switch. Uh, I think that was my first book by a, a black mm. woman author yeah. that I'd read She's so uh, when I was very young. And that just completely yeah. changed uh, all, all the books that Absolutely. I read and just my taste in books as well. And it's just so important to be represented mm. in your books. And that's why authors like you are extremely yeah. important. Oh, man. Ex- people, people like Gopan are really pioneered and yeah. opened the way. And I always say, I feel like there wouldn't be a wonder without a coconut, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. Yeah. I need to meet her one day. She's amazing. She's amazing. I had her on the show. She's phenomenal. She's I'll so probably awful. be starstruck. <laughs> <laughs> um, films, books, how did that all just align for you? Mm, how did that all... And TV. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I always think of Wanda as this like miracle in my life, to be honest, because mm. I was in academia uh, and I thought I was going to get my PhD and do all of that. Uh, well, and I, I mean, I am trying to do it. <laughs> <laughs> you got two I, masters. I do, and I register, I'm registered, you know. Anyway. But I think what Wanda did is that it opened this uh, doorway into storytelling in a new form, right? Like, okay. so... What I would do, literally, I'd be reading Wanda, but I'd be storytelling in the kind of way that is so performative and theatrical because I'd always wanted to be in front of the camera. Mm -hmm. And that really was what it was. And I think where the two then come together was through the Ultimate Book Show, which is a television show around books. And it's centered around books. And that's really where the the two worlds collide in the most incredible way. And I think my experience in academia is completely not lost because the ways in which I'm able to analyze that work on television and bring something that I think is really fresh and really um, timely yeah is through that experience of the two worlds coming together yeah that's absolutely amazing what what did you study mm. um and it, it, it is like your academia background does it help you with all the work that you do absolutely. right now yeah absolutely um i did a, a, a bachelor of uh, commerce in philosophy i'm literally trying to remember my own degree wait you did a bcom <laughs> i did a bcom in politics philosophy and economics at uct okay and i continued then on the politics route in particular in public administration and education okay um, makes sense uh, so i did that all along so i what i find with my academic uh, background is that it informs how I even write children's books. So a lot of my children's books have a lot of theory as a base. And I think that's really, to be honest, what makes them strong books because you're almost teaching kids about a way of being able to see the world. So Mm. one of the books I published last year is called Chicharito that I produced with uh, Ethnic Kids and Wimpy. And it's about a little ant that wants to escape a a socialist state Mm. and wants to go and have a liberal life. But all of that is based on a story around that I learned in in, um, politics around Tanzania and the socialist states around Julius Nyerere. 
there and what he was trying to build around a collective society and all of the ways in which we're able to so I, I bring my academic background very strongly so when i think of wanda it's about school right the schools and racialized mm. identities that's what i was doing in my phd okay so the the theory really is a base point to being able to do all of the other work yeah and the thing is i think it's such a reminder that if you are studying something right now and you don't know how it's all going to mm. come together or how, oh, yeah. whether you're even going to use that degree or whatever it is there's always a way it starts to make sense yeah. I, the dots always connect the dots They're always end up connecting i i mean i did my undergrad in psych and anthropology really? and people never caught it They're like What, What are you yeah. doing? And for me with the work that I yeah. do right now, that's exactly it. Yeah. I work with people every yeah. single day of my life as a communicator. It had to be a BA and it had to be centered around people. Absolutely. It really does start to connect and I think also because the world is so different now. It doesn't mean because you're studying something in finance, you must do finance for 30 years of your life. If you decide to do something else tomorrow, yeah. do it. and lean into that particular like that core and i think we're only strong and excellent when we are leaning into the things that we actually care about there we go in the way in which we actually care about and being able to trace and move in the direction of that and not in the way that you think you should be doing it do, do you listen to a lot of music i do Who i do, do you listen to what's what's your What vibe i know you just enjoyed oh era star right now and no, i'm an afrobeat lover absolutely uh-huh. absolutely 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 because i find that people who are creative mm. have to consume other forms That's of art right to stay absolutely. creative so if you're yeah. going to stay writing and stay doing the work that you're producing that kind of stuff yeah. you have to get that inspiration from other spaces as well Ooh, being able to connect how, to their own processes as well yeah, yeah. yep all right sikhesipo are you ready to oh my looks look <laughs> flip your question number 2 there no no actually you don't want to flip them by order okay oh, <laughs> Wait, you are cheating. It's called show and show and tell. Is there one you're keeping for last round? Show and tell is last round. Iconic women. Yes. Ooh. Who are some iconic women in your life? I think you're iconic. Your mother is oh, iconic and you have done this big thing yeah, of publishing absolutely. a book. Absolutely. that she wrote 40 years ago yeah. you know so she's probably the number one iconic woman she in your is. life but who are other women that you yeah. find absolutely iconic absolutely i think even before i moved to people outside i think my grandmother was completely iconic her name was rose nobunga maikis and i find that everything that we are and my me my mom was saying that day so you got it from me and i was like did i get it from you oh my god i get it from my grandmother and yeah. i always say i think in another lifetime she would have been a philosopher right? yeah. like and so i find her as a spirit just to be so incredibly iconic but anybody who knows me knows I absolutely I love my Angelo absolutely yes. and I feel like I find so much wisdom in her way of being so not just like her not just her words but just like the the sense of stature and knowing who you are right like and being able to understand where you come from and who you are and i think that kind of sense of like um self certainty is so incredibly powerful and beautiful and moving um i think yeah she's got this quote that i like is it is it my angelo was a tony morrison one of them mm. <laughs> and they and I, and i never forget it it's that one about like when people when someone shows Should you who you are believe, believe them. them i i oh that rings in my mind oh, every time a little bit too late the time it's so crazy that i had a little uh, quiz here that i wanted to play yeah. with you and one of the questions is a my angelo one really? let's try and play it. let's try and play it, right okay let's go uh This woman's first novel is called The Bluest Eye. These are so easy. 
Toni Morrison. Of course. And then still I rise. Still I, oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Did you want to see me broken? Bowed head, lowered eyes, shoulders, hunkered oh. like teardrops, weakened by my soulful cries. <laughs> That's my Angela right there. All right, who wrote the book Americana? Americana, my dad. Come on now. I don't know why I wanted to play this game with an author. Has, um, wait, uh, she's got a book. Wait. Oh, she's got a book called What I Know For Sure. What I Know For Sure. Oprah. Yes, yes. Oprah. <laughs> and I put one of my favorites here. I mentioned it earlier. By Kopanomata. Oh, the beautiful doctor, doctor Kopanomata. There we go. The book is called at You see, it's a crazy game to play with you because, of course, you would have gotten it right. And I don't know why I was being easy on you. You I were easy on me. I you knew were easy when I was, on me. I was typing these early and I'm like, oh, Siki is going to just win. But you know what? Actually, I want to add another iconic woman who I just saw just now. Uh-huh. Professor Pumla Dinawa Gola. You know what, even beyond just her scholarship, I always say to her, I don't know anybody that is so generous in being able to love anybody in terms of what the work they do mm-hmm. and being able to critique it, but with so much like love and generosity and being able to celebrate other people as well, right? Like, and I think people like that who welcome you into an industry of work, but also are able to amplify what you're doing and encourage yeah. it and see it and then push it and build it yeah. is so incredible, especially when they have that kind of stature where you feel like they're big people, but they really become like... Like companions in a very incredible, loving way, and I think she's she's quite. Uh, she's so an supportive woman. to all of you. Uh, one of my first mm. guests, actually, my first guest when I, I kicked off the show yeah. in, in in April was Lebo Masango, Lebo Ang Masango, oh, and she she said the same thing about yes. the good old professor. Mm. Yeah, she has got Jorgas's back. Yes. Absolutely. Through and through, and I think it's so inspiring and just like a reminder for you as yeah. you continue to become Absolutely. successful to be that to, to be pay that. forward. Absolutely, Lebo Hang as well is such an iconic woman. I have such incredible respect for her work, and I think in the same way what I was saying, how academia actually enforces the kind of work that you write. Mm-hmm. I see it so beautifully in the work that she creates, but how she opens up as well and supports other writers is just Beautiful. incredible. When Wanda came out, she went to Ethnic Kids and got this like massive picture uh-huh. of it, and she stands it with the book. But soon after, she wrote to me, she's like, "Hey, can I?" review the book uh, and so just the amount of work that she does as well is just uh, incredible that's so beautiful yeah. Sipo, talking all things literature storytelling and we're about to flip her next coaster what does it say let's do this technology and books technology and books <laughs> Now, this is something that's just been on my mind a lot. And we spoke a little about this off air and how so many of us that Mm. were really avid readers, as you get older, I don't know, is it the technology Mm. or is it life getting busier as you get older? But I've spoken to many people about this that say they don't read as often as they used to. And it's just so hard to sit and finish like an entire book. How do you think technology is just affecting the literature uh, uh, space in terms of like focus and people really starting a book and Mm. finishing it? Uh, That's the first part of my question. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think there's two things. There's always two sides to any coin, right? Like, and I think the one part is that the purpose of technology, I think if we really use it as an instrument is that it should help us to be able to scale and to increase access to this kind of stuff, right? Like, so I think in one part, there's like really incredible like benefits to it. But I think what it is, which is what we were talking about, is like the idea of stolen focus that's really engineered against your ability to be able to connect with anything outside of the realm of social media Mm -hmm. and the realm of another world that actually isn't yours. So there's a kind of almost like escapism that we find a lot of dopamine from and we get a lot of energy from and we think we're being productive and we're creating, but it's really in another realm that sometimes actually isn't even real, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's not even, and I think, um, 
So there's that reality, I think, being able to understand and be aware of the reality of that and understanding that this is engineered, it's stolen focus, it's you are fighting something that is like almost like <laughs> preset in your day that yeah. when you wake up, you, you touch your phone, right? Yeah. Like before you go to bed, you hold your phone. You are on another world with other people. What I think in being able to still cultivate a culture of reading, mm-hmm. the one way that I've been able to get it right is having a, a full day of reading. So mm. Sundays for me are usually yeah. a day that I set aside. I wake up, uh, sometimes I'll go to church and then afterwards I go to exclusive books and I'll read a book for the full day. Mm. And then that way it kind of sets me in a temperament that feels like books are a priority to me because yeah. I always think like, the only thing that you really prioritize is the thing that you actually make time for. Mm. And so being able to carve out the space for that kind of, of solitude. Mm. Uh, and I think it's so important, not just because you must read, but being able to have quietness in yourself and being able to be aware of what you are thinking about the world outside of what other people have already said or what's trending online. Um, and yeah. especially because it's also making time for things that you love mm. as well. I think uh, books aren't an, uh, the only thing, for yeah. example, that might have been a hobby of yours, yeah. but because of the stolen yes, focus, really, we've rejected so many mm. of, of, of our hobbies. Yeah. And it's 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 lovely also to be reminded that you're actually not alone. It's yeah. happening. We, it's happening to, all, to of all of us. To all, we actually are in a crisis. We're mm. in a crisis, and I think most of the times, like sometimes you sit down, you're like, "Why can't I get my brain to work?" Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. and it's it's almost like it's 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 literally like contorting the state of your brain and how it works and how you're able to create. And I think that's really for me. I think that probably feels like the biggest danger to that because I think it's such a a thief of purpose yeah. as well, and being yeah. able to to trust your own ability to stay put into doing one thing for a long time and complete it and to do it well. And mm. I think it's actually eating away at our self-esteem. Absolutely. I mean, I, on Sundays, for example, how you're able to sit in a bookstore and read, what I've started to now do mm. to just go back to myself and yeah. go back to the person I feel like I was mm. and who I deeply am. I've started to read the paper on Sundays mm. again, like to read an actual physical yeah. newspaper that becomes, because growing up, that was my yeah. Sunday thing. So why does it have to change yeah. now, you know? Yeah, so absolutely. it really is about going back yeah. to things that you used to love and yeah. absolutely enjoy. Absolutely. All right, you know that sound. I know that sound. <laughs> What's your other coaster? What's my other coaster? Show and tell. That's the last one. No, here. there was another one. What did you do with one. your other coaster? Unobuntu. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Unobuntu is your latest project. That is what you were launching yeah. yesterday. It's a documentary that really follows the journey of this very special mm. thing you did for your mom. Yeah. She was writing books as a young woman or rather poetry mm. and she never got to publish yeah. the work that she did and 40 years later you yeah. you got her published and that is what your documentary mm. is essentially uh, telling yeah. tell us about your mom and her writing yeah absolutely you know I keep thinking of this uh, poem by Langston Hughes that says what happens to a dream deferred right mm-hmm. like does it dry up like a raisin in the sun or does it explode and I, I think of this particular project as really the realization of a long standing dream that took 40 years to bring to life. Um, in 1983, my mom lost her first daughter and her name was Unobuntu. Mm. And as a way to be able to heal, she began writing these stories, right? And being able to write this particular poem about her and what happened that day when she lost this precious soul. And she began writing, and I think because she was a, it's a, course a teacher as well, she just kept writing these different poems. They divided into nature, into work, into life in its entirety, into love. Um, but she kind of just kept them over years and was never able to publish them. And I mm. think at the time, the infrastructure to be able to publish as a black woman in particular was mm. even more restricted. Um, but she would keep saying to me, like, she, you know, she'd be like, 
You know, now I can write. I can write. I can, I can get this published. <laughs> but there's a thing about almost not believing your parents. You know, yeah. it's, it's almost like you think they just, you know, this is, and my mom is a huge optimist. So there's times <laughs> I'm just like, oh my gosh, mama, like, what is she saying? And I think around 2016, I kind of like, it really began to see and be able to recognize her as a person. And I think that's when I said to her, you know what, let's actually go and meet writers and authors and publishers and be able to connect with them so we can understand the process of being able to do this. And I said to you a bit earlier, in that process, that's how I was able to publish Wonder. And during the pandemic, that's when we began working with the developmental editor to begin to read through the poems again, just like dust them off, sure. change some of the language because it was 40 years ago. She was 21 when she was writing this, right? And now she's 63. No, oh, no, I'm lying. She's 61. <laughs> <laughs> I should say to me, in the book, it says I'm 61. I'm only telling 61 at the end of the year. But anyway, I'm approaching 61. <laughs> I love you, mom. So, um, that, I love I think that process of editing the work for her made her see the book through new eyes again, just a sense of, oh my God, like what wealth there is in here. Um, and so when that process was done, what we did last year in October, September, is that my mom discovers the completed book for the first time in front of the camera. Oh. And that's her, that's my, all of my siblings as well. And it's just this incredibly precious moment where she's just like, what kind of people are you? And I think the realizing that... Um, that almost like God can restore something through your own womb. This is mm. what she keeps saying, that I had never imagined that the own fruit of my womb would be able to bring this about to me. And I think for me, one of the lines that, uh, for instance, Noni loves so much is, is uh, I've been able to give birth, to help give birth to what gave birth to me as well. Sure. And I think for my mom, for her to be able to see herself in the light of possibilities that are present for us today and be able to hold those dreams and the same power that she knew she was capable of when she was writing those in the middle of the night in the midst of grief and be able to realize that it was the times that disabled that mm. now i've always been that person but my mom i think the beauty of her she's always been audacious my mom will say things like Sisha, how do i start a tv show right like, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and i'm like okay what show do you want you know and she's like and then she'll say things like when i was a child i always wanted to be a radio presenter yeah. but they told us in our village that you had to be a teacher to be a presenter right like and so for her those things never remained impossible and i think oh that's you, beautiful as a daughter you're able to see that for her because she believes it so firmly for herself. Absolutely. But that belief for herself also makes her believe in you so much. Mm. So for my mom, nothing seems impossible. For Rachel, she said to me, speak to Oprah. <laughs> when, when will you contact Oprah? <laughs> You know, like, and so her, I mean, if I call my mom now and she'll just start singing, Wanda, Wanda, Wanda. <laughs> and she sells more Wanda books than I do, oh, actually. In every single class where she's teaching, she's selling Wanda books. I mean, today when I was dropping over the airport, there's Wanda t-shirts from the Wanda World Festival that we had last week. And she's like, she, she's already walked out. Can you give me some t-shirts? Because the phone was edited to my package. And I'm like... <laughs> Your biggest it's fan. Like, it's beautiful. It's incredible. It's absolutely How can incredible. you not be a dreamer with a mother it's like that? Absolutely. And so I'm hearing award winning. I'm hearing mm. film festivals. What's going down yeah. there? So all of this work is being produced under World, Wonder World Production. So last yeah. week we had a Wonder World Festival. Wonder has been turned into a musical. Uh, and so what we did just last week was a um, Wonder World Festival for children. We had children just wa waiting to watch this musical one that's been produced alongside uh, Ticket and the Moon. But we had all other activities as well jumping castles still talkers it kind of was the idea of it for us is almost like 
creating a kingdom of joy for kids. And my firm belief is that you can cultivate a curiosity for learning yeah. through the joy of storytelling. So Absolutely. there is a way to tell stories that can actually engage people. And I think back to that question around books and technology, mm-hmm. there's a line by Franz Kafka that says books, good books, should be an axe to the frozen sea of the soul. And I think in that same way for me, I'm like, we can create a world for kids where they are so happy to be learning they're yeah. so connected to the story that nothing what they want more outside of distraction than to continue creating that world for themselves beyond you as the teacher of that work right mm. uh, so that's wonder world festival and that's where ubuntu comes from and the ultimate book show comes from as well all under wonder world productions yeah oh, you are doing such an incredible job just changing the world through storytelling mm. congratulations on all your achievements you. you are absolutely incredible <laughs> you deserve all these applause. All right, we're about to wrap this up. There's a coaster that you flipped earlier on that said show and tell. No? Uh huh. And I was like, mm mm, wait a little bit. <laughs> I thought you wanted me to read a poem. I don't know about the show and tell. <laughs> That's actually what I mean, Joe. Oh, got you, got you, got you, got you, got you. Um, is there an extract from just your mom's book that yeah. you could just give us a little something, mm. something? Um, because I'd love to hear some of her work. Absolutely. I mean, mom is a celebrity now. Well, mom is a celebrity now. <laughs> I mean, she. So just before I actually read the excerpt, uh, she has a little tune that she got everybody to sing mm-hmm. yesterday. It's like, Maxi is a published author. Uh, author, author. Her <laughs> legacy book is Unabuntu. <laughs> Your mom sounds like such an entertainer. I love it. But uh, I'll read a, a translation from one of the poems in the book called Olwabini. And the first line in the Kosa version says, right? So I'll read the English version. It says, It was unimaginable to me that such an ardent love could come to an end. So ferocious was the burning flame of our love. Onlookers could only yearn to taste its implacable sweetness. Indeed... The blazing flame of love is as extinguishable as a cigarette. My dearest darling, we found each other, wrapped each other in arms of complete acceptance. We vowed on all the ways we'd conduct our love, a way of being granted to us by our gods, who empowered us with the wisdom to live in a kind of harmony. Each blessing spoken over us bore forth great fruit, so fruitful we multiplied. Yet so abruptly you starved our love, hardened your heart towards me, turned your shoulder. Pain broke in and never had I imagined that such a brazen heartbreak would become my daily bread. And then it continues. But in the course of version it says, What kind of creature is this double-minded man? And it's just, it's so curious to me because I just thought, when were you writing this? Like, I mean, my mom doesn't talk about love like that, but excuse me. You know something, girl? (laughs) And that is what we forget, that our moms were people before us. They were. They were young girls too. They were women. They have their own identity outside of us. Absolutely. And I think that's what's beautiful about you making sure that she makes her dreams come true Mm. because before she was your mom or your sibling's mom, before all of that, she was her own woman. With her own talents and her own dreams, and you've you've made them come true. Thank you so much for joining me on Tastemakers tonight. Thank you for having me. (laughs) You are absolutely incredible, Sipo. Congratulations on all your achievements, on all that it is that you do. Keep writing. 
keep making your voice so so loud i think so many people feel represented by you and your work is so important i really appreciate being here with you thank you see jesse put on tastemakers that is how we wrap it up tonight tastemakers on five nights five fm